Hey everybody, before we get going, I just have a couple of announcements I want to put forward real quick. First and foremost, just a huge thank you to everybody who came out to the live show this past weekend. We've done a few live shows now over the years, and this was easily my favorite one. We had such a good time. We messed with a little bit of a new format, and it seemed like everybody just was having a great night. We definitely were, so thank you for that. And if you enjoyed it or you missed it and you want to come see us again or for the first time, we'll be back right there at the Terragram Ballroom in L.A. on December 3rd for our very last live show of the year. And hey, if you wanted to see the live show or you can't make it to the live show, the last one we did, we actually got recorded. So for everybody who's a patron at patreon.com slash Pod, you're going to get the live show for free. And for everybody who's not, don't worry, we're putting together a little package that we can give to everybody. Um, it'll be the live show audio, the digital poster. It'll be the PowerPoint presentations that we did during the live show and hopefully some other stuff. Again, all of that will be given to the patrons for free. And then for everybody who's not a patron, we'll bundle it and sell it for something super cheap as soon as we uh, have everything put together. So keep your eye out for that. And if you just want it when it comes out, Head over to patreon.com slash IlluminatiPod, the finest website. So much. Enjoy the show. Feeling relaxed after the main after the main episode? Are we all feeling no? Feeling good? I'm not chill. No, there's happy? nothing relaxing about brutal murder. No, yeah, no, you're right. no. Well, I'm here to bring you what else but another UFO. This time, I you scene. could say a story of brutal murder. And no, no, no murder on the minisode. Uh, four UFOs were seen uh, over Sacramento, California, on September 30th this year, uh, with a video uh, is caught on the freeway. By a motorist. Let me just give you the boys. Say Sacramento. Link. Sacramento. So you, you can skip ahead a bit and just like you okay, can, you can jump to like Phoenix twenty-seven seconds. Yeah, little Phoenix lights. Ask. There's initially three in a triangular formation. Eventually, the three kind of slowly spread out, and a fourth joins I them. See the kind fourth. Of yeah, flickers see the fourth. into existence. You can see it. He catches it on camera when it kind of fades in, and it really does kind of like whoop. It just kind of fades in existence. That's it. Like there's really not much there. They're moving in a again a V to a straight line until eventually a fourth one shows up uh, and he's just filming it on the freeway. And he's like, I can't pull over. I'm on the fucking freeway. Like <laughs> trying to like, get this footage. Um, he follows it all the, the way off the freeway past like a, a, a gas station. Um, yeah. And it's just, again, another set of lights kind of just oddly lingering, moving and uh, just kind of being there and being weird. And that's all that really is to it. This is really the whole video, isn't it? Yeah, this is like yeah, that's really it. it. Just like he he checks it. I mean, the way the camera's moving and stuff, it doesn't look faked at all. It just looks like lights in the sky. Yeah, it's really far away. Yeah, if it's fakeable, it's like almost a waste of a hoax. Yeah, like it doesn't it's not like re, like realistic, like exciting enough to be a hoax. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, I agree. I it's it's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's all I'm bringing to the table. Like I feel like for four or five weeks straight now, it's all been weird little UFO sightings every week. Something similar what's the name of that youtube channel again chiluminati what one no this one's this one's called oh this the one hidden underbelly 2.0 hidden underbelly 2.0 what a what a but, fucking... but yeah that's what it's called but the the this is from mufon yeah it was posted by mufon so it's not yeah, coming so from this him this is a real 
This is a real MUFON yeah. thing. So I don't know, another fascinating thing. I'm always interested to hear Jesse, Jesse's takeaway from little UFO little videos like this. I mean, you know, I never agree that, that they're real, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's... Well, you don't agree that they're aliens, but you agree that they're real. I mean, not all UFO videos. I Well, okay. I agree that most UFO videos are the ones that we real recordings. At. A video yes. of like a video of something. A, yes. Yeah. Is it a, so like in this case, it is lights. And the lights only form a pattern because humanity, our brains are designed to see patterns. And like, if you look at it from that aspect, it, it's just lights that could be on anything or several separate things. But they're moving. It doesn't mean that it's UFO. All I'm saying is. Oh, that's an incorrect unidentified flying object is just, you know, anything. It doesn't mean it's aliens. It's a UAP. All right. Whatever they call them now. Yes. Whatever, Jesse. Yeah. Take it. Then take it from me. All right. Give me something better. What do you have? My topic is one that I accidentally this week, or I guess last week sometime sent to, I have another chat where it is listed oh, as to Davis. Yes. Yeah. It's listed as M A J, right? Which would be. Uh, there's Mathis, Alex, Jesse, but the M and that stood for Michael Davis. Uh, uh, it was a I forgot that yeah. Chiluminati I, is like literally named Chiluminati in my phone. Anyway, yep. I'm going to send this to you uh, on Twitter. It's a link for a Reddit post that I saw this week where a dude literally just said, hey, I created an example of my daily hallucinations. This is what I see when I hallucinate. This is like, he like, Posted an example. Okay, I think I've seen this post. And he has yeah, like yeah. a weird like demon thing in it and stuff. But what's crazy about it is a lot of the comments were, oh, that's my sleep paralysis. Like, that's the demon I see. Or like, oh, I've seen that thing before. Like that kind of stuff. And even though I don't know what to believe here, I did find it fascinating because it's something that we on the show have talked about frequently where people see the same things. And so I thought this was a very interesting Reddit post. It's called... Um, I created an example of my daily hallucinations and it's just this guy's art. He made, I guess with like computer generated because one of the things looks like a computer graphic of a little a creepy man, but yeah, it just like kind of stuck there. But a lot of the comments are fascinating because people aren't like, Oh, that's so people are like, Oh, I've seen that. Oh yeah. I know that thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's like realistic enough finally to be representative of the thing that they see. Yeah. This guy very accurately depicts at least in my estimation of what he sees when he's going through it and it does seem like damn that would mess me up i got messed up from the very few times i have ever woken up like half asleep and hallucinated like something wild and like scary i've never hallucinated but i have i, I think really? i've said this before i have while on a plane i woke up while sleeping because i was biting my tongue while flying but my body mm. was still asleep so i couldn't unbite my tongue and it hurt so bad that like when That's i crazy. for days after i still had teeth marks in my tongue but i couldn't like wake my body up oh yeah oh yeah that was crazy Whoa. so that's the closest i've ever come to sleep paralysis but like that wasn't pleasant so if i saw some stuff that'd be even worse yeah that'd be that's the worst i can't i can't imagine waking up and like being paralyzed and seeing something because i've woken up a couple times where i've woken up and like the main thing i can remember seeing is giant spiders like on my ceiling and wall but like they never felt so real that i wasn't afraid like i would walk up to them and like they would disappear yeah. and that's how i knew it was like they're not they're not real but never pinned in my bed and unable to move that would be the worst like i think this guy on reddit it's it's fascinating because it's very clear that he isn't like i don't know maybe he's tormented but 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, I just saw that, uh, sorry, this post has been removed by moderators. Yeah, I saw that too, actually. I thought that was going to be part of the story. <laughs> no, I just noticed that. I wonder if it just got too wild. But you can see the original image is, like, you saw this, right? You saw this image? Yeah, yep, I see it. Yeah, I saw it on yeah, the same exactly, thing in the link, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating that they removed it. Especially since everyone was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I totally, that checks out with me. And I thought that was the most interesting part because usually it's like, oh, that's cool. Or like, oh, that's terrifying. But the fact that people were like, that's what I see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that really interested me because it goes back to the idea of, of what you keep saying about like people seeing the same thing. It's like when people talk about the witch sitting on their, their chest or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Like, what, what causes I don't that? know. I know it's. That's fascinating. That's interesting to me. Like, that's something to, like, study. Why do we see the same things, even if we're, like, yeah. across the world, even if we have no connection with each other? What does that mean? It's, like, biological, yeah. mental, brain yeah, stuff. Maybe there's something, like, baked like the light. into our DNA yeah. that, like... The light after death. That's stuff we see. So check it out. I have a story of brutal murder. <laughs> Not really. I mean, sort of. So check it out. So... Like, on October 1st, it started going around the internet again, just like it does every couple months, that somebody has found the Zodiac Killer. Mm. If you don't know what the Zodiac Killer is, sorry. We should do an episode on it. I'm sorry that we have The issue is, I, like, I, I'd love to do a Zodiac Killer episode, and maybe we will one day, but there is no definitive ending to it. You know, there is no, we got him, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of good, though. That's, that's the kind of interesting thing about the Zodiac Killer, but apparently... Somebody has found who it is again. This time it's a book called, uh, where is it? It's called My Friend the Zodiac. How to Find Zodiac <laughs> is the name of this book. If I uh, did it by Zodiac <laughs> Dekilla. It's by this guy, Jarrett Kobeck, who was trying to do a book about California in the 70s at first. And then he kind of like went down a rabbit hole and ended up in Zodiac Town. And the, if this is an article that I'm reading from The Guardian where he's talking about how he did not set out to have one of those, like, I now know who the Zodiac Killer is type books because he thinks those are dumb. But, like, he found a guy who's, like, a new guy who's so convincing that he's, like, actually, he doesn't care. He's, like, I got to tell you that this is the case. And it's this guy whose name is Paul Doer, Doer who's a guy from San Francisco who died in 2007. Um, and some of the stuff is really interesting. Like he's saying that he's saying that uh, he believes that the Zodiac killer is somebody who created a myth around himself, like a supervillain, like straight out of the comic books is like how he sees Zodiac, uh, this writer. And he thinks that this guy that uh, that is the Zodiac killer was like a guy who has like all these little coincidences that are all kind of circumstantial, like a lot of them, like a huge amount, but uh, like they're, you know, when you add them all up, it makes it impossible to deny that it's the Zodiac killer. So basically that's the idea of this. So basically he started to put together the idea of the comic books and stuff. And he started tracing that to fanzines in the Bay area. And he found this guy. Paul Doer, who was like submitting stuff to these like Bay Area zines and stuff. And he's a naval documents clerk from Fairfield. And he found a recipe that this guy sent to a magazine about how to make a bomb with ammonium nitrate and fertilizer. Uh, 
it has the same instructions with the same error of not including a starter and to keep the bomb ingredients dry. Uh, and that this was a, a formula that was published in a newsletter by a group called the Minutemen, which were like right wing dudes. And that this guy was a member and that this group used the gun sight symbol uh, as its symbol sometimes, uh, which yeah. is what which is what Zodiac used. Hmm. And he he worked in Vallejo in a shipyard and he matches all the physical descriptions of Zodiac. Um, and some of the attacks took place at places where his daughter hung out all the time. And he speaking of his daughter was knowledgeable in cryptography enough that he created a weekly puzzle for his daughter that she would have to solve to get her allowance. Huh. And literally this same woman, this, this, the, this alleged killer's daughter thought that she was going to read this book and sue this guy. But then she got convinced by the book Damn. that her dad was the Zodiac killer. Um, and it, that's just kind of what happened. But then just to add a little bit more, gas to this fire because this is like you know something that happens pretty frequently right like this is not like that exciting of news that somebody thinks they found the zodiac killer in a vacuum however uh we know also that the dude uh paul haynes uh do you know who paul haynes is he's an author he did the uh he wrote the um hbo he wrote the book that was like with pat oswald's uh, previous wife, yeah, where they solved the Golden State Killer case. So he did like a Twitter thread, and I'll link you guys the thread. It's a huge thread. Uh, he did a Twitter thread that's like 30, 40, 50 tweets long, where he, he like lays it all out, and it's like a huge in-depth thing, and this guy is 100% convinced that this is the Zodiac Killer. He's like, this is by far the most convincing guy that's been fingered for this in a long time, the San Francisco police will not comment. And, uh, you know, who knows, but this guy, uh, he said, you know what? Cause also the golden state killer is like same area even. Right. So this guy specifically has contacts at these like law enforcement agencies. And he was like, I am so convinced by this that I have gone through back channels, which I didn't even have enough evidence to go through for the golden state killer. So he's, convinced that this really is zodiac so this i think i'm calling this this might be it this might be zodiac for real yeah this is i'm, I'm going through it kind of briefly but like even the photos of him yeah he looks like the dude mm -hmm. man like it's and there's all these weird he does like D, &D larping yeah i'm saying he, he went uh, to renaissance fairs and so that explains why he would have like an executioner's garb like there's he 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 ever since he was a kid he was like obsessed with writing letters to the editor he admits to killing people he like hints at it jokingly in some of his letters according to this he, he was uh into cryptography like you said and published a cipher in his tolkien magazine hobbitalia three days after zodiac sent his z13 cipher to the police yeah there's there if you go to nine tweet nine a they show him at the renaissance fair a picture of him with a knife that looks like exactly like the knife that the dudes were stabbed with at the lake man this is like so with the two this is fascinating this is very very good my 
I'm like, this is like real. Like this feels real to me. Part of me wants to be like, and it's also his vehicle fits the description of what he was driving, which is crazy. Yeah. Like part of me wants to be like, this is one of those correlation is not causation things, but like it is. It's just too many. It's just too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fascinating. This actually might be a good read. Yeah. I'm thinking about buying this. Yeah. In 15B, he simply even is even comparing the way he draws arrows like pointing at things and they're feathered arrows, both of them, which is weird. They're like, look at them. Like that's like not a thing people do. I wonder, I mean, you said it doesn't have an ending, but I wonder if it's worth looking into this and then crafting an episode based off of this book. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Like who knows? I mean, LA Mag laid this out. Like this is, this might be the one. Like San Fran might be like, oh shit. Yeah. Like they might, they might already be moving on it. So Let's keep our ear to the ground and see. This might be the frame. This might be the the book that has the ending. That yeah, we've been looking yeah. For. I'm definitely want to read this. This is crazy. Mm. This might be the and real. It is genuinely. Story people are like, well, you know, what was his motive? But it, like, like you said, it literally just could have been a powerless man thirsty for power, and he constructed himself a real world supervillain that he could uh, live as. I mean, we literally are talking about that right now on the show. A person who wants power over someone else. I mean. We watched it in the rotten popcorn that we did the other day. Yeah. Like, uh, McAfee, dude, that dude is nuts. We should have talked about that on the main episode. That is a crazy movie. Yeah, that, that, that a documentary story. was fucking insane. Please, if you're on if Patreon, get to that tier. Go listen to the latest rotten popcorn. Watch along with My us. God. It's it like, insane. But it also tracks, even if you like don't watch any of that stuff, if you saw Breaking Bad, the idea mm. of a per like, by the end of that, it wasn't about, I gotta save money for my family. It was like, I am Heisenberg. Like the uh, power, man. The power over Crazy. others. Yeah. That shit corrupts easily. This is awesome. I'm going to go through this thread very, very deeply over, like, probably tonight after we get off this call. I'm yeah, very cool curious. This is, this is nice. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. This is awesome. Sweet, dude. Well, with that, thank you all so much for supporting us here on Patreon.com slash IlluminatiPod. We'll be back next week with another mini-sode. As always, we appreciate your support. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much to today's sponsor, Hero Forge. If you're anything like me, then you're a TTRPG person or a minis person, or maybe just generally a board game person. Whatever your needs, Hero Forge is there to make sure you get everything that you need. If you've never messed with Hero Forge before, you should actually just go check it out. You can go create fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from to put together your perfect character for your campaign or maybe you're making an npc big bad guy and you want to have a special piece for them or maybe you just want pieces for your mini board game either way hero forge is the perfect place to go do it their easy to use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator right in your web browser. Like you can go make your character right now and then save it for later, totally free. So when you want to print it out yourself, which you can buy the STL file for like five bucks, or you can have them print it and paint it for you, your choice, and ship the mini directly to you. Hero Forge offers custom minis in a variety of materials, including premium plastic, antique bronze, and color printed plastic options. Of course, Hero Forge also offers downloadable model files, like I had said earlier, along with constantly expanding its catalog of customization options, adding new parts every single week, and major features like new species and custom posing on a regular basis. And with Hero Forge 2.0 color technology, it'll allow you to create your perfect miniature in color with advanced features like decals, makeup, war paint, and more. 
Design your unique miniature and get it printed in full color with no painting needed. All you have to do is visit HeroForge.com to start customizing your custom miniature today and check back often. New content is added every week. That's all you got to do. HeroForge.com to start designing your miniature today. Thank you so much to HeroForge for sponsoring today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Oh, hello. To Miniso number 111. Oh, Lucky 111. What, what, The mark of the of the of the the beat the mark of the b actually it's a great state don't say beat say b because that's what my first that's what my article's all about today bees bees yeah no no not anal beads just bees like buzz buzz you know okay michael let's see who has the most honey no uh this is in my home state it is absolutely not paranormal in any way but it is hilarious news this is massachusetts Hadley woman. It was uh, accused of oh releasing. Oh my god! I heard about this. this she is was incredible. accused of releasing bees on police officers that were serving her an eviction notice. <laughs> Phenomenal! I'm a huge fan. Hell. Uh, Hell in yeah. a bizarre story out of Massachusetts, a woman was arrested for allegedly unleashing a swarm of bees upon police officers who were attempting to serve an eviction notice. I the way it this. went down uh, is they were at a routine stop to deliver the paperwork which quickly turned into like chaos when she pulled up with her truck and uh, uh, hitched up behind it was like a trailer carrying a bunch of beehives. She got out of the truck, walked to the back and basically smashed open the top of it and to anger the bees. The cops tried to stop her, but it was too late. By the time they got over there, the bees had already swarmed out and started coming at them. They had to retreat. One of the officers getting stung in the face. She then proceeds to put on a beekeeper outfit and stacks two hive boxes in front of the door where they need to go. <laughs> it's so, like an episode you know what, of, man? it's like the Sandman or something. She's my it's hero. like a magical moment. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when the authorities were informed, when she was informed rather that by the authorities that several office officers were allergic to bees, the woman just simply replied, Oh, you're allergic. Good. <laughs> that was Damn. Oh my okay. God. <laughs> Uh, I want to get a drink with this woman. I want to. I want to. I want to buy her a drink. This she is now being faced with multiple charges of assault with a dangerous weapon in the form of a swarm of bees, though. So we might not be able to have a drink with her anytime soon. This reminds me of a story. Like this story seems in, like totally crazy, but it reminds me of a story that I read. I think we might have done it for Carson Crandor a long time ago as well, where a woman. Well, so like this guy was everywhere he went, squirrels would attack. him. Oh my god! I knew you were and, going and into the story. And he was just like squirrels would always attack this guy. And it was eventually discovered that his ex-wife had secretly trained squirrels oh God, to so specifically good. attack this man's nuts. That's it's no awesome. joke. That is, it happened, and I've now realized, what are we doing? We can have <laughs> animal pets doing all sorts of crazy cool stuff for us. Instead, we're like, my cat shits in a box. My cat can be doing all sorts <laughs> of cool I, stuff. I could be, I could be like the crow man of Culver City. Like I could you be could. That. Yes. <laughs> I could have like a jewelry collecting <laughs> ring like the how many ring. Yes. like spent bullet shells do you think a crow would bring back to you in where you're out there honestly i don't ever hear them so oh, probably you know, not <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't hear them they don't happen they it, must be lasers they must be laser crimes no that, i don't know this woman i would have a drink with you too that's just such a such an <laughs> just such a creative way to show your displeasure Damn. while also being put in jail for god knows how long i for just want to know like how you went from like <laughs> yeah. oh no the cops are coming to evict me to i'm going to release my bees at them 
Are were they her bees? Is she a beekeeper? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I have no idea if they were her bees. I don't know where she got the bees. I don't know how she. Is it all some grand gesture? Is she a millionaire? <laughs> that's yeah. She's just a millionaire who just has more more bees than she knows what to do with. So sicking them on officers was her answer. Uh, yeah, that's that's Massachusetts out in. in God, she lived under 49 Memory Lane. M-E-M-E-R-Y. You know what that is? No, but meme, meme, memes. Gotcha. Just memes. I thought you were about to I like, I used memes. to live down the street. No, just Memory Lane. That's where she lived. That's 49 where it happened. Memer, 420 Memory Lane. That would have been so much better. 420 Memory Lane. That's where the Boston Big Bean Boy lives out in Massachusetts. That's yeah. where he lives. 420 uh, Memory Lane. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got, though. I just needed to talk about it. I saw this a few days ago, and I was like, this is a hilarious fucking story. Uh, I've got an ancient mystery. What do you got, Jesse? I have a, uh, I don't even want to give you the headline. I don't even want to, okay. I just want to read Great. the article to you verbatim. Th I got this thing from, uh, live science. Uh, that is this shrine that was found, I think in 2019, uh, in Berenike, Berenike, uh, which is, uh, like a, it's the, it's the Red Sea. It's like a port town in the Red Sea that was like part of like a big port for uh, ancient Egypt. So this is like from 1700 years ago, this thing that they found. And it's, uh, there was a, there was a paper in the October issue of the American Journal of Archaeology, which is where they're getting all this information. And uh, what they found was sort of like a shrine. And on the shrine was uh, a stone monument with two gods and they don't know what gods they are. And there was a pedestal and there was a 13 inch long iron harpoon uh, next to the pedestal. And on the pedestal were 15 decapitated falcons, like the remains huh. of 15 decapitated falcons. Uh, now we have the very real guy who does exist. He's a professor of religion at Boston University. His name is David Frankfurter. He says that the decapitation of the Falcons, quote, seems to be a local gesture of completing a live offering to the god of the shrine. Uh, says vote of sacrifice of a live animal usually involves some kind of killing or blood asperging to show the commitment of the devotee. Um, but so that's just one room of this shrine. This is like an indoor type shrine. Uh, in another room, there's a stella, which is a pillar uh, that has an inscription in Greek. Uh, and this is the part that is sort of like the the selling point of this whole mystery, because nobody knows what these gods are. Like I say, nobody knows exactly why these falcons are here uh, on the pillar in Greek. It says it is improper to boil a head in here. Well, you just don't boil a head in there. Huh. You got all those damn bird all right, heads. Yeah. Don't boil them in there. Don't let Dahmer in there, man. He can't boil his skulls in there. He's yeah. not allowed. Uh, also on this Stella are, are Harpocrates uh, of Koptos, a child god, and two deities who are enigmatic. Nobody knows for sure who they are. One has a falcon head, they think, uh, is what they're looking at, and the other one is a goddess who has a crown made of cow horns and a solar disc. Um, and of all the deities on the Stella, including uh, Harpocrates, uh, the falcon-headed one seems to be the biggest one. And I don't think this is whatever the other falcon-headed god is, because otherwise they would say it. I, I forget what the name of the falcon-headed god is. What is it? 
Ra? I think so. Yeah, or Horus. It's Osiris, okay. right? Is Ra a falcon? I can't remember. I don't remember. There's one that's a bird. There's like a bunch that are a bird. I don't think this is that god. Uh, they believe that the 15 falcons were an offering to deities, probably to the falcon-headed god, and that maybe the harpoon is also part of that offering because it was right next to the 15 dead falcons. They think they were boiled before being presented to the god uh, to facilitate plucking their feathers. Their heads were removed. And uh, the shrine also had fish remains, uh, mammals, and bird eggshells. Uh, some of these might have been offerings, and feasting may have happened there as well. So they don't know. Uh, but the birds, the the, fal- the falcons probably were not food, just based on the quality, like where they were at. Um, this was from the 4th century, like I said, about 1,700 years ago. Nobody knows. This was when Rome was in Egypt, but it was still... It was like as Rome was like loosening their grip on Egypt, is what I would call it. And, uh, yeah. That's a cool last find, man. I love that we still find shit like that. Yeah, nobody knows what the hell. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, like, it shows, basically, the thing that's interesting about it is that it shows that even when Christianity was in Egypt, that people who lived in Egypt were still doing the old school shit. Because this is absolutely not Christian at all. No, and I think that's a, that's a cool point, too, because, like, a lot of countries where christianity was brought to them they would wrap their their actual worshiping and wrap, wrap it in christian I, I like i uh imagery so that people they wouldn't be able to uh, be caught worshiping their gods so they would use like a statue of mary in place of whatever goddess they were actually worshiping at the time but that's also how christianity spread as quickly as it did because mm-hmm. they literally co-opted every religion so they probably Everything. see that like yeah. Oh, yeah, you like that tree? It's ours now. Or like, yeah, Easter? Yep, yep, bunny rabbits. Like that, yeah. They just yeah. co-opted and stuff. It, it kind of begs, it kind of begs, it kind of creates a situation where you're imagining that maybe they were like, okay, you fucking cultists, you fucking non-conforming cultists. I guess if you want to do your stupid bird ceremony, you can do mm. it in here. But I'll tell you one thing you're not going to fucking do is do that dumb thing that you do where you boil those fucking heads. Don't boil. <laughs> not here. That's fucking gross. Not in no. here. Yeah. So I bet you it was like, like that's kind of what they're thinking based on how this was all set up. That's cool. Fine. Very cool. It's like a saint. Like they think it's like maybe like a sanctioned s- shrine of the old gods. That's in awesome. A Christian yeah. That took. Is that the first of like a sanctioned shrine we've ever found? I wonder because I never. Heard I don't of know. Like... I mean, that's not canon. That's not sure. 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 Yeah. Not, that's can- just... I like, not canon to Earth history. Got it. Yeah. That's just that's just what they're talking about. They don't know, but it's you know this happened just a couple years ago. So all right, Jesse, what you got? Mm, not gonna read the headline. I'm just gonna we're just gonna do this. Love this, Gainesville, Texas. No one would confuse <laughs> a small house on Denton Street in Gainesville for a moving company, but if you do move in. You haul yourself out right quick. It's like a revolving door, said Linda Hill, the home's owner. The longest anyone stayed in this house was six months. Years ago, Hill and her husband bought several homes in the same neighborhood in order to rent them out. Not sure I agree with that, but like that's for another day. The one on Denton Street was the only one that couldn't keep a stable tenant. Hill said that she and her husband had no idea why, then finally... After 10 tenants moved out in less than two years, someone told her husband the house was haunted. Bum, bum, bum. At first, Hill didn't believe it. No, she said. No, not at all. That changed 
when she happened to take a shower on the property, which is and okay. Dirty, horny ghost, dude, every time. Through the curtain, she saw and then heard a dark fig figure whisper, <clears throat> looking good at her. Uh, oh, God. Ooh, it's the big red guy. It's the big red guy. At first, she assumed it was her husband. Till a few seconds later, when her husband walked into the bathroom, he said, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, my God, it really is haunted. Rumor has it the house was built in the 1840s. Uh, it used to be a bordello. That's why Hill said many <laughs> of the ghosts there tend to reveal themselves <laughs> in a particular nature. Sexual, she said. There's no other way to put it. Hill said several people have EVP oh, recordings yeah. where the ghosts can be heard talking dirty in the house. Like, mm. oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. That's Hill hilarious. That's really that's really what this article says. It's, yes, it says. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, like Hill baby. said mimicking oh, what she's yeah, heard. Oh baby. Oh Dude, yeah, I like bitch. it like that. Was another. I thing. like it like that. Yes, yes. I like it like that. This is what the article that. says. Not all the ghosts are here are that way though. There's a door in the upstairs bathroom that regularly opens even after it's been shut tight. There's also been, uh, there's apparently a 19 foot well underneath the living room, and some people believe it's a spiritual portal, which. They have said may explain how the ghosts end up in the property. And this isn't even like a goof. This is how do I send you this link? This is an image of the 19 foot well in the middle of in the middle of the property that is like a centerpiece that when you own the house, I guess you straight up just get to have that in your home. Oh, What the f- I don't like that. Why would like you that. want that? That's just, like, that's just gonna give every child that looks at it nightmares. That is forever. a serial killer spot, man. You yes. just, like, get the body, dump it down the middle of the room well. You say that, she says, it's the murder room, she oh, called okay. it. Why that oh, name? Okay. Because some psychics claim to have seen a dead man lying on the floor in that room. No, really, almost every psychic that walks in here sees that dead man. For those reasons and more, Hill eventually gave up finding tenants to lease her property. Now she rents the house out exclusively to people who want to vent, investigate the ghosts reported to live there. That's what they should do at 10 Downing Street. So I'm just saying, ooh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> roasted. Um, little British political humor for got you. Got him. No. But, uh, yeah, I guess that is, I mean, just put it out there. That's Texas. We could drive on over, stay the night. I feel like if there's ever a ghost adventure we should go on, is the house where the ghosts are like, hey, hey, baby. Mm. What a baby. Looking good. Mm. I would be like, let me be in a room alone. And if a ghost was like, looking good, I'd be like, you looking pretty good yourself, ghost. How you know you what we should do? We should put you in a room and put like a fucking mannequin with you in the room. Like a sexy mannequin so that they have something to ogle. And then you kind of like, you should, we, you, you should put the mannequin in the bed and kind of like get in the, the, in the cupboard like you're doing like a little like. You know, voyeur. Oh yeah, I'd be in the situation. cupboard looking at the medic. And if there was a ghost yeah. with me in the cupboard, I'd be like, "You see that? Yeah, and he's She's like, hot, oh, buddy. Sh yeah." Can you imagine if that's how you had like a really intimate paranormal? I thing? would absolutely. Be I would believe more if a ghost came up to me and was like, "Look at the bazongas on that one." I'd be like, <laughs> "My man, the ghost of Al Bundy." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, what's that well, fucking magazine that he has? Biggins. Biggins. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I'd, I'd fuck a ghost. Don't worry. I know, I'm not worried. Whoa, 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 I, whoa, I don't whoa. even this ask This isn't about banging a ghost. This is about voyeur ghosting. 
Where the ghost and I watch. We're like, yeah, that's hot. And he's like sitting there looking at nothing because it's a ghost. Right, right, right. Oh, shit. I'm just saying, put it out there. We could just go. They only rent it out to people who are going to do investigations. I think we should. That's the spot. The sex, the sex ghost house. That's the spot. All right, I'll check them out. I'll send a message to the him. bordello of the bordello of blood. The bordello of blood. What is the that, bordello everybody? of blood? I don't know. What, what is that? What is that? Hold on. What is sounds bordello like a horror movie? No, that's I've never something. seen it. Then bordello of blood, 1996 film. It's a movie. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's a tales from the crypt. That's what it is. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, this tale from the crypt is I over. I can rest everybody. easy now. We'll be back. Not next week with a mini-sode, the week after. Uh, I had to think about that one for a second. Thank you guys so much for the support over here on Patreon. And we're, we're going to see you at the live show. Hell yeah, smile for us and smile for us big. And if you're listening to this for free, this is probably a year old. All right, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome Aww. back to a mini-sode. Aww. Episode 111. Lucky oh, 111. <sighs> the mark of we need a- the yeast. Yo, need a little uh, breather. We finished another true crime Aww. series, gentlemen. I'm proud of both of you. Here we are. Something a little Yo. lighter, I think, from everybody. Aww. I'm going to start because it's been two weeks since we've done a mini-sode, and I've been wanting to talk about this with you, mostly because I'm curious what Jesse thinks. I know very sporadic things. You probably know this is coming. On October 24th, NASA made a public announcement that has been driving me nuts, <laughs> and I don't, and I'm so, I can't wait. So if you don't know what happened, uh, NASA has an official announcement. NASA has selected 16 individuals to participate in its independent study team on unidentified aerial phenomena, observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or as known natural phenomena that are categories, uh, categorized as UAPs. The independent study is going to begin on October 24th, so it's already started. And over the course of, the, of nine months, the independent study team will lay the groundwork for future study of the nature of UAPs for NASA and other organizations. To do this, the team will identify how data uh, gathered by civilian government entities, commercial data, and data from other sources can potentially be analyzed to shed light on UAPs. It will then recommend a roadmap for potential UAP data analysis by the agency moving forward. They expect a full uh, report in mid-2023 for everybody to to read. Um, The big things that come along with this are who are the 16 people that are part of this team that I think can maybe give an idea as to where they're looking. I have that list here. Uh, there's David Spurgle, which I love that name, who was selected to chair. Straight up Independence Day vibe. <laughs> David Spurgle was selected to chair the independent uh, NASA's independent study on this phenomena. Uh, he is the president of the Simons Foundation or Simmons Foundation, where he was the founding director of its Flatiron Institute for Compu- Computational Astrophysics. Uh, and his interests range from the search of planets and nearby uh, stars to the shape of the universe. That's like his spe- uh, specialties. Then there's Anna Maria Barea, who is an associate professor of computational and data science at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, uh, who she is also a research affiliate with the SETI Institute in Mountain View, California, uh, and a research investigator with Blue Marble Space Institute uh, of Science in Seattle. So she's all over the place there. Frederica Bianco is a joint professor at the University of Delaware in the Department of Physics and Astrophysics, the Biden I'm a School joint professor as well. No, yeah, oh yeah, I am too. I'm more, uh, I'm more of a professor of. <laughs> time out, time out. No one could see that, but in the background of Alex is literally 
his wonderful fiance turns to camera and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I missed it. So Amazing. I missed it. Oh I'm my bummed. god. Um yeah, we're all yeah, exactly. anyway, uh so she has yeah, Frederica Bianca. Uh She's also so joint professor at the University of Delaware in the Department of Physics and Astrophysics, the Biden School of Public Policy and Administration, and a senior scientist at Biden? the multi. I know, oh, I know. It's all watch out. Q's about to lose their mind. Deep state, dude. Um, and she's also listeners. a senior scientist at the Multi-City <laughs> Urban Observatory. Paula Bontempty has a biological oceanographer for 25 years. She is the sixth dean and second woman to lead the Graduate School of Oceanography at the University of Rhode Island, which time you or I, that's what you or I is known for. Is yeah. like time out. The marine Just like biology. Really, really, really quickly. Is there anyone on this list who's like Steve Johnson, mechanic? Like, it, who? Yeah. Grease it, man. Yeah, all these people Let's are very highly qualified. Gymnast. Is there anyone they just invited who was like, podcast maker gun no, expert. no no there's no influencers that are part of this unfortunately jesse no influencers made the cut otherwise i would hope i would be on the list everyone's messaging us like are you guys gonna get involved and i just was like how low on the hierarchy of like smart geniuses did they get i don't think they want to walk they into the office every morning with me like jerking off to gray alien porn Can you know we what i mean like that's not gonna why help. would you do that that's not gonna help anything is we what i'm saying we already have one joint professor we don't need another <laughs> <laughs> i don't care then what kind of joint um, you're talking about then they partnered with the Reggie brothers, who are no. an operating partner. No, that's in... not real. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it is. The Reggie They're an brothers. operating partner at AE Industrial Partners in Boca Raton, Florida. He previously served as CEO and board member of Big Bear AI in Columbia, Maryland. And is brothers, that? That's this a real fucking Reggie Brothers is, is the is. man's name. Oh, his what? name is Reggie. Yeah, they're not brothers. the I Reggie you brothers. Said two brothers named like, I was the like their Reg first like, names like, are both. No, Reggie, Reggie brothers, uh Reggie. <laughs> Space Brothers, like it's no, his last it's name. Reggie Reggie and Luigi Reggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Reggie Reggie. <laughs> yeah, CEO and board member of Big Bear AI, uh, which is in Columbia, Maryland, and he's also was the executive vice president and chief technology officer of Periton, as well as a principal with the Chertoff Group. Don't know what that is. Jen Boos is a CEO of Potomac, the Potomac Institute of Policy Studies in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, before she became CEO, she worked extensively with NASA to explore policy issues and strategic planning processes for astronaut medical care and cancer diagnostics and therapeutics. Uh -huh. um, Nadia Drake is a freelance science journalist and contributing writer at National Geographic. She also regularly writes for Scientific American and specializes in covering astronomy, astrophysics, planetary sciences, and jungles. And she's won awards for journalism jungles. for her work in the National Geographic, including Jun the David N., whatever that is, that award she's won. Oh, that's a big, that's a big, that's, that's a very award, prestigious. Yeah. Also won uh, the SRAM Award uh, from the High Energy about Astrophysics Division of the America American Astronomical Society and the Jonathan Eberhardt Award from the AAS Division of Planetary Sciences. So that's impressive as well. The, the Chertoff Group is a risk analysis group, if you're curious about Ooh, that. Ooh, interesting. Who does uh, mm. Hank Azaria play? <laughs> All of them, actually. <laughs> Every single one. Mike Gold, an executive vice president of civil space and external affairs at Redwire, ja uh, at Redwire in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, prior to that, he held multiple leadership roles within NASA, including Associate Minister for Space Policy and Partnerships, 
acting associate administrator for the Office Internal International and Interagency Relations and other things throughout. Uh, I actually like a this, ton of stuff. I love this because with each person you're mentioning, I can absolutely see where they fit into this like A mm -hmm. team. You know what I mean? Like I it's agree. like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. It makes it's it it's makes literally sense. Avatar, the like blue monkey people movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess the kind of like that. They're like we're bringing in like a like a blue monster expert and a jungle yep. expert and a rock. Expert. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, this next person, David Grinspoon. This is all James Cameron, and it's like a, a ploy oh to sell the God. movie. I'm gonna be mad. I'm mad too. I'm, I would quit this podcast if this was all viral marketing for Avatar two. That's like not that far off from like what is probably gonna really start happening on like Twitter I mean, and shit now. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, David Grinspoon is a senior scientist at the Planetary David, Science what? Institute. Grinspoon. Okay. All right. Uh, right. Planetary Science Institute in Tucson, Arizona, or Tucson, Arizona, and serves as a frequent advisor to NASA on space exploration. Uh, he is on science teams for several interplanetary spacecraft missions, including the Da Vinci mission to Venus. He is the formal, uh, the former inaugural Baruch S. Bloomberg NASA, uh, NASA and Library of Congress Chair in Astrobiology. Oh my uh, God! Yeah, he uh, he. His research focuses on comparative planeto planetology, especially regarding climate evolution and the implications of hab uh, habitability on Earth-like planets. He's been awarded the Carl Sagan Medal and a bunch of other shit. What the fuck so, did they? What was the criteria for these people? I don't know. Next up is Scott Kelly, who was former NASA astronaut, test pilot, fighter pilot, retired sure. U.S. Navy captain. Pilot. He. He commanded the International Space Station Expeditions 26, 45, and 46. He was also the pilot of the Space Shuttle Discovery for the third Hubble servicing mission. He was selected... Gem-based weapons expert. Yeah. He was selected for a year-long mission to the space station where he set the record at the time for the total accumulated number of days spent Coolest in space. astronaut. Yep. And prior to NASA, he was the first pilot to fly the F-14 with a new digital flight control system. Uh, he flew the F-14 Tomcat in, uh, in Fighter Squadron VF-143 aboard the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower. So he's literally just fucking Hal Jordan, basically. If you seriously, if you've yeah. never heard of, if you've never heard of Scott Kelly, Scott Kelly's the dude who I I don't know if he holds the record anymore, but at a certain point in time, he was like the longest international space station guy. I like know his face. He's so famous. Yeah, he yeah. was. It's like a you've year. Probably seen him. Yeah, he was. Uh, He's the guy who, when he came back from Earth, people were like, we got to study this man because he's been in space longer than any other person. And his his whole body is probably like, it's probably like fucking floating on. around in there and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if, if you're if anyone's curious, if he's one of the ones that believes in UFOs, he does not. He does not believe in aliens. That's uh, good. So that's what you want. I, I agree. I'm talking, I think that's a good thing that he is on this particular uh, group. Uh, we're almost done with the list of names. Matt Mountain, who's the president of the Association of Universities Mountains. for Research. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, the University of Mountains uh, for research in as astronomy known as Aura. At Aura, Mountain oversees a consortium of 44 universities nationwide and four in international affiliates who help NASA and the National Science Foundation build and operate observatories, including NASA's Hubble Telescope and the James Webb Telescope. Warren Randolph is the deputy executive director of the Federal Aviation Administration Accident Investigation and Prevention for Aviation Safety Department. <clears throat> He has an extensive background in aviation safety at the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, and is currently responsible for setting implement, and implementing 
safety management system principles and using data to inform the assessment of future hazards and emerging safety risks. Walter Scott is the executive vice president and chief technology officer of Maxar in Westminster, Colorado, a space technology company that specializes in earth intelligence and space infrastructure. In 1992, he founded Digital Global, which became part of Maxar in 2017. He has held leadership positions at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in Livermore, California, and was the president of Scott Consulting. Uh, then there's Joshua, Joshua, Joshua Semeter, who is a professor of electrical and computer engineering, as well as the director of the Center for Space Physics at Boston University. Uh, he researches their interactions between Earth's ionosphere and the space environment. Activities in his lab include the development of optical and magnetic sensor technologies, radar experiment design and signal processing, and the application of tomographic and other inversion techniques to the analysts of distributed multimode measurements of the space environment. I cannot stress this enough. If you deep dive these people, the best way to, I can describe it is like they make the stuff that you build in like a 4X space strategy game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like the guys like, doing the research that you're fucking yeah. yeah. I swear to God, like if you go to the Maxar you're page, for example, right they're now like, we're we build space platforms from which we can, I'm like, this is literally just like, you, they are this is all future tech this is the coolest shit ever i love it i do too the last is only two more carlin toner who is the acting executive director of the faa's office of aviation policy and plans previously she served as the director of the faa's global strategy where she led the faa's international strategy and managed threats to international civil uh, civil aviation Prior to the FAA, Toner served at NASA in multiple leadership positions, including director of the Airspace Systems Program at NASA headquarters. She is a NASA Exceptional Achievement Medal recipient and is an associate fellow for the American Institute of Aeronautics and uh, Astronautics. Just think about what you have to do to be exceptional at NASA when everyone's already exceptional. Like, you get the job by being a genius, yep. and already they're like, you're the genius of geniuses. And like, to round this group out, I think the perfect last person, Shelley Wright, who is an associate professor of physics at the University of California, San Diego Center for Astrophysics and Space Studies. She specializes in galaxies, supermassive black holes, and building optical and infrared instruments for telescopes using adaptive optics, such as integral field spectrograph. She is, uh, she is a search for extraterrestrial intelligence researcher and instrumentalist SETI as well. Uh, she is also the principal investigator for the UC San Diego Optical Infrared Laboratory, Previously, she was an assistant professor at the University of Toronto's Dunlap Institute. So we have somebody there who is on the investigative kind of extraterrestrial side. Not that she believes, but she's part of she's a proper research vibe, group. Yeah. Exactly. That that looks at that stuff and has been for a long time. The fucked up and that thing is would be the like, NASA uh, UAP supergroup. The crazy that thing is who they put together. Like if they had like ancient symbol experts and shit on there or something. That would be, I feel a bit telling. Well, <laughs> but I'm sure maybe some people already do. Yeah. There's an article uh, on Vice that uh, I've no, I'm not, I don't know the link, but I know it's there. There's an article that I read on Vice that's literally about how, remember that um, weird shaped asteroid meteor or whatever it was that the came into the one? solar system yeah mm -hmm. the one that people were like what the hell and then oh, it suddenly oh, oh, sped something. up and it made no sense they're like right. it shouldn't mm -hmm. speed up they uh, uh scientists right now are trying to like figure out a way that we can create micro missions 
to so if something enters like if a meteor or something so we can have like people like i don't know if it's people but maybe ai what the hell out there and if something enters it goes to it and sees is this a ship or is this a rock mm. like they're already thinking about that that's based awesome. on that one single time yeah, because where they, they were still like, can't scientifically explain why it, it no happened sense. yeah it yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense yeah it, it which is fucking fascinating the group here is great. I love that they got an like an ocean biographer, uh, biologist, like, because what if this shit's coming? We've seen them come out of the ocean. Yeah. We've seen them go in the water. And we, what, know 2% of our ocean? Like, I am almost more apt to believe. I, I'm, like, getting real turned on to that idea lately. I don't know why. That they are, they are, fr they are terrestrial. They're from yeah, Earth. Like, yeah. They're not from space. But what if they're from a different dimension of the water, Mathis? That's, I mean, that's possible. That's very possible. <laughs> they're from that hole uh, where all the great What if they're terrestrial go? species that live on Earth under the water that is already space capable? That's what I like think. That, that is traveling the space and we're being ignored. I mean, look, like I'm going to see animals. I'm, I'll see Black Panther 2 tomorrow. Yeah. So like, I'll let you know. Uh, I'm excited to see did that you movie. See the unsolved, did you see Unsolved Mysteries? Did you see the alien? I saw episode? that there's new ones and there's two that I need to watch that uh, people said that the, the one with the, the, I forget the name of the event where like 300 people saw yeah, you crazy gotta watch, lights that in the That is sky. like in Michigan. That is a yes. crazy episode. And then there's also this like Navajo, like reservation cop rangers like mm -hmm. episode. That is like so interesting. I, those are two that are really worth watching. I mean, there's a lot of Agreed. murder ones too, where they love to like talk to the families who are just like, we are so sad. We'll definitely cover that event on this episode. It's one of the things I want to talk about very, it's, very badly. It's there's a lot to talk about after watching that episode for real. There's, there's, there's. A, I've got, a, I've already got a short. I've got a short list of like four or five alien episodes that I want to cover. They're on in the works, so I'm very excited about that. But I'm just. This team makes me happy. It's like what I would put together if I was going to try and put together a team to scientifically try and figure this shit out or yep. what it could be. It has everybody from like scientific people who deny aliens are real to people who are researching extraterrestrials to the marine biologists and fucking astronauts. It's it's perfect. Yep. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll I can't see. wait to see what they fucking like me report. Too. I'm very interested. Ugh. I'm very excited. Anyway, on that, I feel I'm like satisfied. Go ahead, boys. Whoever wants to take it from here. I, I got something crazy. Okay. That's really quick. Uh, first off, before I even jump into this, my God, we had we 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 missed some episodes there and so much crazy stuff happened. I know. Two wow. weeks and we missed so much. That's shit. what I like about it. It's a lot more uh, material for me to sift through. Like there is in the time that we were gone, scientists literally created a quantum clock that does not have a zero time. What? Like that's it awesome. is a quantum clock oh that has no start, which is based off the idea that what if there was no like time start? Art, yeah. What if shit just like always has been? It's insane. But because I'm on the quantum train right now, I don't want to go there. I want to do something really important. Okay. Um, over on TikTok. Uh oh, <laughs> um, here we go. Oh yeah, we know it's good if it's from TikTok. There is again. This happens every so often, and I absolutely love it because it is just. Insane. There is someone claiming to be from the future. Uh, we always get one of these every couple is of years. No one is there nobody around? Is that is it one of those? No, 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 no. It's even better. This time traveler named Eno Alaric from okay. the year 2671. Oh shit. Okay. Has warned us all, which by the way means we make it to 26. That's pretty I'll good. That. I'll That's be good long run. dead by then. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, from 2671, who says they have come back from the future to warn us about events that will happen. Fantastic. Uh, did anybody, Here, did anybody thank them first? Well, we'll get to it. We'll get okay. to that. 
In the latest video, Enoch, or Eno warns that on June 18th, 2023, seven people will mysteriously fall from the sky, but there's nothing flying overhead in that area. If that happens, wow. We got a while. It's like, I'm going to forget about this by the time this time comes around. Well, well this person said that uh, when they made their account, I'm a time traveler from 2671. I have come back to warn you of five important dates in the history of mankind. Now, again, one is that don't even seven people will fall out of the sky. I have so many questions. Does that well, alter well, his future? <laughs> Why is he even telling us? What is I the know, point? It, it already doesn't make any sense, but here's the best part. That isn't the first thing that happens. No, okay. no, 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 no. That's only the most recent post. You see, the first thing that happens, this is in chronological order. Okay. November 30th, 2022. Uh-oh. Okay, very soon. The James Webb Telescope will discover a planet that is a mirrored version of Earth. And then gonna, on January 1st... Wait, we're going to discover the Star Trek mirror dimension? We are literally going to discover that one movie that like, there was just another Earth. We're, yeah, Everybody has goatees there. And then on January 1st, 2023, a plane flying over the Bermuda Triangle will go missing. That is, that is an important what? moment. Oh my God. What is this? What kind of predictions are these? The we, we, if you, any of you, please go re-listen to our Bermuda Triangle episode and see why Bermuda Triangle is a whole, whole mound of horseshit. But wait, it only gets better. On March 3rd, 2023, a message will be received all around the world that seems to be coming from the ocean. Oh, shit. They're from our waters. Max Headroom style. Just like taking Dude, over I the guess, airwaves. I guess. It's time, baby. Just imagine all those TikTok videos that are kind of creepy. They have the weird music in the back. It's like that kind of vibe. It's all like right. the guy that whose post that we had on Reddit who was like, here's all the things that are going to happen when the aliens show up and I can't. They hate me. They've been abducting me forever. And then none of that happened. He deleted his account. Well, of course. <laughs> May 15th, 2023. Ooh, right Ooh. before my birthday. Right after mine. This is bad news for my birthday. A 750-foot mega tsunami hey. will hit the California coast, but mostly San Francisco. Hey! hey. All right. The Eno, podcast can continue. Yeah, we'll be fine. Eno, <coughs> believed to be from the U.S., previously shared information about twin planets with Earth, alien visitors, and even portals opening to other times. But his crazy, warnings though. have been met in the past with doubt. Yeah, I wonder why. My favorite part about this entire thing is that in the comments, you can imagine what the comments would be, but the best one is absolutely, why is it always bad news? I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that exactly. is how I feel about all, if you're, it's never like, hey, y'all, I'm from the future and we're doing pretty good. You're in a year. You're all gonna like figure shit out, and I just want to let you know. To have thank an you. Ice cream cone eruption in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. It's always just like the world's ending. Here's like some crazy stuff's gonna happen. <laughs> aliens arrive, the and, the, and the humans are like enslaved. It's never good. You know, aliens. Like, there's no one around. I'm in the future. There's no one around, or I'm an alternate. It's always the darkest thing you could think of, and it always immediately is just like, well, yeah, because that's if you're just doing a thing, you're trying to get a reaction. Yeah, and no one's gonna be hyped about like the ice cream eruption like yeah. no one's gonna <laughs> yeah people are gonna be like ha ha except ha. for us yeah dude i'll be there with bells on there is that that deep-seated like subconscious Love desire for, for the world oh, to come yeah. to an end and also ice cream yeah. but mostly the world to come to an end for a lot of people and they'll look for anything to justify that thought the best the, i will say one of the things i thought was funny is that a lot of his predictions 
this uh they made it to Facebook because you know of Facebook course Facebook is just gone, dude. I I and feel so like while while TikTok was like, well, this is stupid. Facebook was like, I know it's not real, but I I really want another Earth to be out there. <laughs> another person said like, yo, if they landed at my place, I'd invite the aliens over for tea. And then everyone else was like, damn, this sounds so cool. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like, of course, Facebook would be like, this could happen. It's a movie. There, there is a movie of this. Well, of course there is. Yeah. I, this movie so is like dumb. So in the dumb. last 10 years it came out. <laughs> so Alex, that's, you know, that's bring it. us home, my man. Okay. I got a mystery. I, 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 I want aliens though. I got, a, okay. I, I got a mystery for you coming out of Portugal. Here's what's up. So... Portugal, as you know, pretty small country. I think there's like 10 million people there, but also it's like pretty small. So for the for the size, 10 million people is kind of a lot. And as people are dying, bodies are piling up in morgues because they are like older bodies are mysteriously mummifying themselves and not decomposing fast enough. So what? yeah. So let me get into this first of all. So like I'm That's saying, sounds unfortunate. If you imagine a small European country like Portugal, you're going to see those like graveyards that you imagine like a cemetery from like antiquity, like tiny little churchyards and graveyards, right? That's like the sort of main way that people get buried in a place like Portugal. And they really don't like um, the idea of, uh, they don't really like the idea of like cremation, stuff like that. So what they do is this thing called... Um, Levantando os osos, which means raising the bones. And basically, this, this, this started in 1962. And what they do is they bury their dead. And then the original thing was that they would just, when they brought in somebody new, they would like, you know, kind of like rotate out the old bodies into a common ossuary, right? Like the mm -hmm. ones that were like pretty fucking old and fucked up, they would like take them out and put them in like a common kind of zone so that they could bury these newly dead people in these plots. Um, and eventually it got so bad that they started to treat the burial plots themselves as like rentals, like three to five year rentals. And they would come back after that time and like move out the old body, put it in the ossuary, bring the new bodies in. But basically the reason that this system is breaking down is because the time is so short. And in that time, somehow and they're not exactly sure how, but between 2006 and 2015, 55 to 64% of the bodies not decomposed enough. And maybe it's the mountain air uh, or something like that, or maybe it's the composition of their diet that's like changing their body chemistry in a way that's keeping these bodies from decomposing. But most experts agree that that's not enough time for a body to really decompose anyway, and that the extra is just kind of like a random thing for this area that's really kind of making it a big problem. So you've got a fucking mummy backup, like insta-mummy backup graveyard traffic jam going on that's in Portugal, so and nobody can really figure out why the bodies are, are, are mummifying. That's so weird. And they can't cremate them? Or they, they like, it's against just, their belief? People don't really like it. People aren't really yeah, into yeah. it in, in, in Portugal. Like, mm. we're a pretty modern society here. Our civilization in America is just a couple hundred years old as far as, you know, modern society is concerned. 
So, you know, we burn our dead because we, we don't have that sort of long-standing sentimentality that some of these other cultures have. But they just yeah. don't want to do it. So, you know, now you have this mummy problem. <laughs> now you got a mummy mummy traffic issue. The Siri, Siri's new alert. I just think that's such a wild problem. It is very bizarre. Yeah. And if it is to do with the mountain air or the weather, I can't help but think... Does like, you know, uh, climate change is climate change affecting that? I wonder it if that has well anything to do with it. You'd think you know? that if it was hotter or whatever, that it would be more a drier means more mummification. Well, there's also the, I, I seem to man, I'm gonna have to I, I was just trying to look this up and I can't find it. It's driving me crazy. I seem to recall that there was at a certain point in time another situation similar to this, but it wasn't as big in scale. But they discovered there was like what they ate. Mm, yeah, yeah, like you like, yeah, that's what Alex said. It could be their diet that affected. They're their not chemistry. sure, and and it it's basically just highlighting the fact that there are like aspects of human decomposition or body decomposition in general that we don't really know anything about, like or that mm. we don't, we aren't really a hundred percent clear why why you know how to predict which body's going to decompose in however many years or whatever, right? Yeah. So you know, I don't know. Just a funny attention grabbing headline that there's like a mummy mystery going on. And I found that the actual uh, like explanation for it is even weirder than what I was imagining. So there you go. Little biz, little biz for you. Well, thanks for that weird uh, little piece of news of mummies blocking some roads. This mummy is going to go eat dinner. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you dinner? next week. Yeah, you're wait, hold on. Are you you're a mummy? The, you're the dinner mummy? I mean, like, you know, English mommy. The dinner mummy sounds like a 1960s comedy <laughs> movie. I'm the dinner mummy. The English dinner mummy. A movie that might actually exist and I have to watch next time I go to Alex's. <laughs> I don't think I have that one. All right. Well, uh, Dirty Harry number two is, is it yeah. is then. I, well, I got the whole Dirty Harry collection. Oh, I can't wait. Maybe Hot Mary makes a return. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another mini-sode. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the... I don't know who they are. There's two. What? Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two... Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And has been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. Which one of you is uh, Dick Powell? Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> I want to love I want my mind.
everybody. Welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by Alex and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO. 